Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes of the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. I'm back, baby. Woo! For for a week, basically, right? I I don't know. I might be around next week. It depends. My trip to Texas got approved, so I'll actually be around. I just don't know how well internet's going to handle in the hotel. We'll see. Yeah, ho- hotel internet's always kind of sketchy. We'll see. I'm definitely bringing my mic out with me, and possibly my webcam. I don't know yet. I might do drafts <laughs> from my hotel room while I'm in Texas. I don't know. We tried we tried streaming from Vegas, and that didn't work very well. That might have been a different laptop, though. I don't know. Different laptop, and to be perfectly fair, the internet in that hotel was kind of crappy. It was very garbo. Yeah. But we still, got it, case, we still got it done. <laughs> we got it done. We did get that done. In any case, this is episode 55. Something old, something new, something modern. Just play blue. <laughs> Blue may not be the best color Modern Masters 2017. This is not an endorsement. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or modern in general at this point. Jeez. That, that is very true. Depending on who you ask, blue is not a good color right now. <laughs> yeah, blue or is... at least blue control decks aren't really good right now. I don't think anyone debates that. No, not at all. Like, Definitely other colors are outstripping blue right now. Because like, oh, blue should have card draw. It's like, doesn't have any of that anymore. But whatever. It's, a, yep. it's no big deal. Uh, but before we get started on what we're going to talk about, which is obviously Modern Masters 2017 and how the modern format has changed since the last BNR announcement, uh, GP Orlando is this weekend. It is Aether Revolt Sealed, and I'll be there. So I'll be there all three days of the event, driving down tomorrow. It's going to be fun. It's like a 10-hour drive. You have fun with that, buddy. Wait, so who are you, are you driving down with anyone from the, the group? Yes, I'm driving down with uh, Danny, who you guys heard on the episode... Uh, 53, so it's going to be a ball should, and a half. Should be fun. Yeah, so it did, should you, be fun. did you talk about that at all, like, recently? Like, did, uh, I f- did mention it last week that I was going to be at GP Orlando. Well, so. no, I meant, like, the, like, our listeners out there, like, your group and stuff and you, you practice with and the testing team. Yes, I believe so. Anyways. Kind of. I will, I will be tweeting out from, from my account as well as maybe the podcast account here and there about things that are going on because... Because, again, I'm going to be there on Friday. I'm going to try to get, get an extra buy for the GP because I have 1,300 Planeswalker points, and that's one buy. It's more than I've got. <laughs> I've got I, have, also, I haven't played a lot lately, so i got nothing. Also coming up next weekend, not this weekend, but the next weekend, is GP San Antonio, which is Team Unified Modern, and you're going to be there. Heck, yeah, I'm going to be there. It's going to be a hell of a fun time. Um, so I actually was able to find a team. I'm not entirely sure we've gone like necessarily gone public with who it is, but they're pretty prominent. Like I would say, like community as well as not just community if you hear members. Their names, you'll go, oh yeah, I know that person. Yeah, definitely. Um, I lucked out into it because thankfully, uh, I was like, yeah, I still don't have a team. And then I was watching a, the Magic Amateur Ring uh, stream one night when Megan was there, and I, she was like, oh yeah, hold on, we'll hook you up. <laughs> so it's not them. It's not MTA cast, but it's friends of the podcast, um, of their podcast anyway. Yeah, and you've told me what they're playing, and uh, your decks are really sweet. <laughs> Our decks are kind of spicy, so I'm going to be on Infect. Uh, I'm playing with Infect and a Storm player, and I'm not going to quite reveal the third deck yet, but it's it's ridiculous, <laughs> and I can't fault the man for playing it at all. Um, it's... When you sent me that 75, I was like, man... <laughs> that person's gonna have so much fun. Well, he was telling me the deck actually has some pretty good long game against um, Death Shadow, which is yeah. like the new bane of the format. Yeah. So we'll see. He said he was putting up good results in leagues online with it too. Like I don't think there were any five O's, but there were a couple, he was getting a lot of four ones with it. So well, that's good. Well, there you go. That's good. It's enough to so, push us. But it wouldn't matter if I had buys anyway because. I don't think buys apply. Team, team events don't matter with buys, yeah. So whatever. Team, team events, you don't get buys. This which is, is relevant. This for is actually pros. One, this is actually one of very few GPs I'm going to be able to attend this year, and I'm incredibly stoked that I get to go. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, I'll be in Texas for training, but the best part is, is that this is your tax dollars at work. <laughs> um, they it's just a class that's on the weekdays and on the weekends. They're like just enjoy Texas, and I'm like, oh cool, it just happens to be a Grand Prix and two hours away and i'm gonna drive down there um oh yeah so i figured it's like why not um also i know the, the professor is gonna be there from Tulane community college i'm stoked to get to see him again we're gonna hang out this weekend or that weekend so that'll be cool and some other people from the community as well so it's gonna be a good time so be- if you see us yes don't hesitate to say hi 
Absolutely. Also, if anyone makes me sign some more Soren Solemn Visitor, I'm just going to be sad. <laughs> it happens sometimes, and I'm just like, damn. It's a great story, man. I know. It's, it story. is a great story. But anyway, here's, Wonder, here's Wonderwall. But not here exactly Wall. Wonderwall. And by Wonderwall, we mean Modern Masters 2017. It came out. It was out on a Friday. Uh, I have gotten in three drafts in paper, and I'm currently in the middle of a draft on Magic Online right now. Uh, I'll talk more about that later. But um, I haven't. since previews ended, we've had a few more uh, spicy cards be put into the set that people have been excited to open and play with, uh, including hits like Tarmogoyf, Cavernor Souls, Gifts Ungiven, Lavala Keeper of Silence, Blood Moon, and then a bunch of other good cards that needed reprints. Dude, how's... Like Pyromancer Ascension, Gifts Ungiven... And then a few wonderful cards being downshifted to Popper and a few not-so-wonderful cards being downshifted to Popper. Yeah, so I actually haven't gotten to touch the set at all. I was actually in training out in the field um, in lovely Yakima, Washington. Actually, it wasn't not bad. The, view, the views are pretty nice out there. I'll be posting pictures on Twitter uh, eventually of that. Uh, but I've been watching people draft and while also looking on Twitter, and apparently the fun combo is Deadeye Navigator and Dinrova Horror. <laughs> I mean, the combo is Dead Eye Navigator with anything, really. But it's really fun with those two. It is really fun with with, uh, with Dinrova Horror, which, by the way, for those who don't know, is a 4 blue-black for a 4-4 four, four horror at common. Uh, first printed in Gate Crash at Uncommon, so now it's popper legal. That when it comes into play, you return target permanent to its owner's hand, and then they discard a card. So when you're usually sticking that on the battlefield, they they're basically have like one or two cards in hand. So it's like, boop, hit your good stuff, discard it. Uh, I've seen it hit tokens, and that's very, uh, very good. Can, usually, well, considering you've got angel tokens, dragon tokens, like big beefy tokens in this set. Oh yeah, it's not terrible. Especially with populate being such a heavy theme. Oh yeah, definitely. So, what have you ended up in in your couple times playing the set, John? So, uh, I like I said, I've done the three in paper drafts, the one Mod- magical line draft, and I also judged a Ma- modern Masters 2013 PPTQ. Uh, we had 32 people. It was five rounds with cuts to top eight and top eight draft. Um, I've mainly been three colors, but there is the possibility of going to two colors or going upwards of like four or five colors. Uh, my first draft, I was uh, a Naya aggressive deck with triple burning tree emissary, double dragon fodder, double madcap skills, um, and a bunch of uh, aggressive draws. I was playing my friend Chris, and uh, our games all ended on turn four, <laughs> whether I was on the player or on the draw. Ooh. Turn two was always burning tree into dragon fodder. Turn three was either Madcap Skills or Sky Knight Legionnaire, which is a three mana two two flying haste, and then turn four was always Overload Dyna Charge. Ew. Yeah. Gross. It was it was disgusting. <laughs> That's nasty. It is very nasty. Uh, my other decks, I had four color eh, stuff. Uh, in that deck, I was uh, blueless. I didn't have any blue cards. I was playing Jun, Splashing White for Restoration Angel and a few other white cards. Uh, and then I did a Bant draft on Monday. Where I pack one, pick one, Simic Sky, excuse me, Simic Sky Swallower. Funny, you, you couldn't swallow it. There. I really couldn't. Uh, who is five blue green for a six six Flample Shroud? Yeah. And here's the thing: there are no playable cheap edict effects outside of Liliana of the Veil. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> so how do wait, you kill wait, it? Wait, uh, wait. Turns out my there is a card that. Oh god, what's the? There's one that makes you sack something. Uh, I mean, so there's Liliana, which edicts, which says target player sacks a creature. Mm-hmm. There is Evil Twin, which can clone it and then trade, but it can't use its ability to kill it. Uh, there's also um, Phantasmal Image, which can clone it and then kill it, but those are all rares. Um, and then there is Death Hood Hope, Death Hood Cobra, which was a reprint from New Phyrexia, or the New Fre- or Scars of Mirrodin block, which is uh, two in the green, one in the green for a two-two, and you can pay one in the green to give it reach. And one in a green to give a death touch. Hmm. And those were the main tricks that I saw. Oh, also, I forgot. Uh, Wall of Denial also cleanly blocks it, which is a three mana 08 flying defender shroud. <laughs> that was, that's a card. It is really a wall of denial. You just go, nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's the biggest, uh, biggest then, button in the format. It really is. And then the draft I'm doing right now, I'm currently one and one. I have no red cards despite having three red guild gates in my sideboard. Uh, I have six guild gates in the main deck, four trilands in the main deck, and three signets. Just like mono fixing, I guess. It really was. Uh, I pack one, pick one to signet, then I pack one, pick two to signet, 
Um, and now I'm in this like four color control ish deck. Really, um, there's a few cards that I'm trying out that I haven't got a chance to cast yet. Uh, although Unburial Rights is a really powerful magic card when you can cast it. Granted, I don't have any of the big payloads. Like I've got Obsidot Ghost Council, but Ghost Dead is not that great. Ghost Dead. Ghost Dead is really good, but wasn't it hasn't been great in the times that I've cast it. Hasn't been. As, again, hasn't, I have put. It hasn't been amazing as it was back in the day, right? No, no. Granted, I have put Unflinching Courage on a Tower Gargoyle. What's that do? So Tower Gargoyle is a four mana four four flyer. It's also an artifact for one in Esper. And Unflinching Courage is one green white for an aura, a chance of creature. Uh, the creature gets plus two plus two Trample and Lifelink. Oh right, that one. Yeah, I saw. Somebody put that on a Wooly Thokdar earlier. That was kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. Unflinching Courage is a card that turns races into unwinnable races. Yeah, it was against LSV. So basically, Wooly Thokdar is a... It's a Naya, right? Yep. Yeah, it's just red, green, white for a 5-4. He is the Wooliest of Thokdars. It's just a 5-4 for 3. It's yeah. it's bananas, but... It brings the beef. <laughs> it brings the swole. <laughs> yep. Especially when we give it lifelink and trample. <laughs> Vanilla needs more help, right? Um, <laughs> Basically. Yeah. But drafting has been really fun. There's been a lot of interesting decisions I've had to make. For example, I had to, uh, in pack three of my first draft, I had to take a damnation over a foil death shadow. Woof. Because I need more damnations than I need death shadows. I mean, yeah, yeah, you got that. Got you there. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like that's like, you look and you're like, why can't I keep this pack? <laughs> You're, yeah. you're the worst. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, um, I've seen a bunch of fetch lands, of course. Uh, the top eight draft of the PPTQ that I was judging, um, I was assisting the uh, the L2. Uh, I forget his last name, but his first name was Matthew. So if you're listening, Matthew, I got your back. Uh, there were four fetch lands opened. Um, one player got two of them, packs one and pack two. Uh, there was a Cavernor Souls. There was a Voice of Resurgence. Um, there was also a Snapcaster Mage. And I can't remember if there are any other mythics. Oh, there was a Domri. That's what it was. Domri raid. Yeah. Pretty good guy. Uh, also, this is kind of just a thing with print runs. Uh, there have been like two Lilianas opened at my shop. Wow. Total. Whereas there have been like five Domries. <laughs> Sounds so, like bad and, luck. Including a foil Domri, by the way. Um, <laughs> there's also a foil fetch line that was opened. I think two foil fetch lines that were opened. Um... And yeah, I think that was about it. Just remember, kids, don't don't crack your box for zero value if you can't help it. Yeah, I did that, and uh, I opened Craterhoof Behemoth, Olivia Voldaren, Entreat the Angels as my Mythics, Abrupt Decay, and Goblin Guide as my good rares. Uh, I did get an Inquisition of Kozlek and a few other like modern playable commons on commons. Uh, and I got a Foil Hellrider and a Foil Seance. Yeah, that's a... Uh... Oh, I forgot. I did open a Misty Rainforest. It was my only fetch in the box. Okay, that's not terrible, but... Oh, only no. one? I've seen people open, like, an entire, like, set of the five in their boxes. Yeah, but, I mean, there's also people who've been complaining about, like, getting, like, triple Stoic Angel boxes. Oh, God. I feel yeah. I feel bad for them. I do have another box. It is currently out of arm's reach right now. Uh, but it is currently sealed, un- unopened, and I'm going to try to find some people to draft with it uh, when I'm down in Orlando. I'm sure I... I think I'll have enough on my... Uh, I'm going down with a bunch of friends for our kind of our testing team. Um, uh, we have our team name is the promised end uh, we have t-shirts that have Emrakul on them I didn't so. I didn't vote for it <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't uh, <laughs> I voted for the other option <laughs> we had a bunch of really awesome team names that we came up with but we are the promised end um, but that I'm going to save that box for drafting so that I don't end up like I did when I busted my other box and been like well this is poop mine's still in the mail <laughs> Yeah, mail. Oh, I did. It shipped. Also, it shipped I, on the seventeenth, but it's not gonna get here until the thirtieth. So I don't know. I'm gonna be uh, in Texas by then. My one complaint about uh, the box. So I got one box for help for judging the PPTQ, and then I got another box that I ordered from Card Kingdom. My this is my only complaint that I've ever had with a Card Kingdom purchase. Apparently, I had to sign for it, and I wasn't here when it was delivered. Yeah, that's so never I, fun. So I had to wait until the post office opened on Monday to pick it up. I can't blame them though. It's no, I, think, I really I think over either. I think over a certain amount of money they just make it signature required. I mean, it makes sense, but it's just like my one quibble. It's a minor. Otherwise, oh, Card Kingdom fantastic. A minor quibble. I've ordered a bunch of cards from them recently, like gifts and givens, romance, stuff for the cube, just and it's been like two hours later. Oh, it's shipped. Great. So 
Yeah, they're they are not a sponsor, but John and I both highly recommend Card Kingdom. If you would like to sponsor us, Card Kingdom, please send us an email at eyesonthemind@gmail.com. <laughs> oh my god, you're killing me, bro! <laughs> All right, so anyways, that's enough about Modern Master Seventeen. But switching kind of gears into just modern the format. Oh yes, because we're gonna the last modern banning had a pretty not a, I wouldn't say a nuclear impact like impact on the format, but it's just been like noticeable. Yeah, so kind of like I, I was trying to figure out the joke at the title, and I was like, just play blue because. John and our my uh, personal pet decks for modern both play blue. Uh, not necessarily primarily for me in terms of the blue color because it's you know more greenish based, but still. John's on Storm. I'm on Infect. We both play blue. But and the big thing that was common between both of our decks was Gataxian Probe. Oh, I missed that card. Yeah, Gataxian Probe was just you know pay two life draw a card for me, but you know. For you, it actually had, like, meaningful impact. Well, it also increased storm count for you, too. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> eh, whatever. But no, yeah, so I guess we'll go with my, me first for this one. Uh, with Infect, the deck is still great. It's just no longer Tier 1. And it's kind of weird how that card going away... Like, we kind of talked about this when the banning happened, how I didn't think it was going to be a huge impact on the deck, and it really kind of isn't. The problem is, is that there was almost a artificial bump in the playability of infect just because of those four cards and it's crazy how four cards can change a deck because the uh mullability of your hands is way higher or to keep if uh you had those in your hands because they represent a potential land drop so like you could keep a one lander and be like oh it's cool i'm on the play or on the i'm on the draw i've got my scry and i've got two cards on the top of my deck that I can get tur- this turn to make sure I hit my second land drop. You don't get that second land drop opportunity anymore, so it's really kind of hard to do that. It's kind of knocked it down to tier 1.5, I think. Um, it's not tier 1 anymore, for sure. It's like To be, to put it this way, I have to click show more decks on, Magic, uh, on MTG Goldfish now just to find Infect, whereas before the banning, it was like the fourth deck, most popular deck in the format. Um, it, it really even, most of the reason is because it just hasn't been putting up, uh, a lot of its most recent finishes have been like eighth places in a lot of the TCG states uh, events that have been going on. It's not putting up 5-0s on Magic Online anymore. People aren't playing it nearly as much because there's other decks they want to play. It's not, there hasn't been a whole lot of modern uh, GPs or high level events, so it's not you know, putting up results there because they're not being played. I mean, you'll get like one or two copies in the top 32, but it's nowhere near like the five or six plus that used to be up there. Uh, I'm perfectly okay with that a little bit because people are gearing less away from the stuff that they used to have, have to pack infect hate almost. Granted, it's still kind of like similar to other hate for other cards like Bolt, Fatal Push now, and a couple other things like that. But people aren't, it's not on everyone's radar like it used to be. Um, Mainly the meta's just shifted to Death Shadow mid-range because the new Traverse uh, Delirium builds are just insane. Uh, Eldrazi Tron is popular now because you can just play Walking Ballista. Yeah. Crazy card. Um, usual suspects like Affinity, Ban Eldrazi, and stuff like that, they're still there. And Grixis Delver, my old deck, is making a comeback mainly because Collective Brutality and Fatal Push. Yeah. Like Fatal Push is probably the, the best new card for Modern. Just because it lets the non-red decks have a one-mana answer to most of the creatures they're going to see. And unfortunately for Infect, Fatal Push kills every creature in the deck, for the most part. Except for... No, it, it kills, no, every it kills it. no it kills every creature that that deck plays. <laughs> Straight up. Like, even Verdian uh, Corruptor out of the... How many... Verdian Corruptor out of the board. How many Corruptors do you play? Uh, one or two out of the board. Okay. Um, I think... I've actually been testing one with one in my main deck lately. Um, but even then... All they gotta do is crack a fetch land, and Fatal Push kills it. So, yeah, it's that. To be fair, also Fatal Push has done a number on the deck. Like the fact that Ink Moth Nexus is very weak <laughs> to that card is definitely nerfs the power level. Funny enough, it doesn't really nerf Affinity nearly as much as it does me with Infect because Affinity has a lot more threats. Um, Affinity also has the just the, the ability of, oh, you're going to kill my artifact while well, I'm going to sack it to my Ravager. Yeah, like, they have ways to minimize the, the damage that's done with those kind of, like, spot removal spells where Infect is like, holy crap. Um, main thing being is I'm 
we're talking about new cards. So happy we have Blossoming Defense now. It's it's I mean, now Bloss- like Kaladesh gave you Blossoming Defense, and then Ether Revolt gave everyone else Fatal Push. But even then, it's still Blossoming Defense was like two ofs in the decks. Nowadays, it's it's a solid four of. You need four right. Blossoming Defense, four Vines of Aspwood. Um, Vines effects basically of just blocking, you know, making it hexproof. Um, to to counter for the fact that we don't have that lovely hand information, because with Infect you would usually hold your like you either use your probes early on to see what they had initially, and also um, I need land drops, or you would hold that until you absolutely were like, okay, I'm ready to go all in on this combo. Let's see what they've got. Do they have the answer? And you could also craft how you played your pump spells around their answers that they had in your hand. We don't have that kind of information anymore. Like, just a free buck. Okay, I'm going to take two life, go in all in the combo, see what they've got. Oh, and I get a cantrip on this too. Cool. We don't have that, so we have to pack protection. For a Blossoming Defense does that. Kind of coming back into the deck after not being around, uh, like, it actually fell out of the deck for a while is Apostle's Blessing. The uh, one in a white Phyrexian mana um, spell that reads... Target artifact or creature you control gains protection from artifacts or from the color of your choice until end of turn. So granted, it just reads, uh, pay one mana, pay two life, protect my creature. Um, we have now eight to, or nine to ten of those effects in the deck right off the bat. So we don't pack counter spells as much anymore, like Spell Pierce is still two of. But it's kind of weird. Like, so... The deck has, like I mentioned, the protection-based aspect of it. The deck has really kind of shifted back to what it looked like back when I started playing the deck right after pod ban, the pod ban happened. That was mostly a deck that played Wild Defiance. That was like the, the huge card. Everyone was like, oh my god, Wild Defiance is just hilarious because Bolt stops Bolt. Nobody plays... Well, I mean, no- what does Wild Defiance do real quick for some people who may not know what it does? So Wild Defiance is a two and a green enchantment that says whenever a creature you control becomes the target of an instant or sorcery spell that creature gets plus three plus three until end of turn so against damage based meta games which the jun decks used to be, just be packing damage based hate it was amazing you you go to bolt it and all the cre- and all of a sudden your creatures out of bolt range like they had no way to kill it anytime they would try to target it with anything i mean granted you could still kill with it is is it static caster another kind of ping effects like that that are creature based but uh it was it's kind of crazy how it's gone back to that like it's ground ground sw- there is the yeah. the funniest uh, wild defiance kills which are um, i don't know if because you, you're still playing spell sketch right um out of the board yeah but like you always bring wild defiance and spell sketch and out of the board or whatever and then what you do is you play a spell sky you play another spell sky and then you target one of your creatures and then wild defiance triggers then you redirect it to the other spell sky and then Wild Defiance triggers again. Oh yeah, you just you pay two. You can pay two life for your Spell Skite um, redirect ability and bounce it back and forth and keep giving it plus three plus three, and then just swing with both. <laughs> that that is one of the funniest <laughs> kills in Infect. Oh, and then you target and then you target it with like a. Uh, oh god, what's the card? Can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, Twisted Image. So you flip its power and yeah. toughness. <laughs> so then you just give it plus four plus zero. Oh. And draw a card. Um, that's that. That's actually a card that's come back. Is distor- uh, distortion strike and twisted image are playing more uh, roles in the main deck now. Uh, now is distortion strike being played over slip through space? Um, it seems to be the the card of choice right now in a lot of the decks I see. Is so the difference between distortion strike is distortion strike is the is a blue sorcery, such so as one blue mana. Target creature gets plus one plus zero until end of turn and is unblockable until end of turn. So slip through space is essentially the same thing. Oh right, I should also mention that distortion strike has rebound, <laughs> which is the key part of that spell. Yeah. So what it does is rebound reads: if you cast a spell from your hand, exile as it resolves. At the beginning of your next end keep or your next upkeep, you may cast this card from exile without paying its mana cost. So you essentially get to cast it again for free. Uh, slip yeah. through space is one blue mana sorcery devoid. So, because it's from Oath of the Gatewatch, so it's one of those Eldrazi cards. It says target creature cannot be blocked. This can't be blocked this turn. So essentially the same thing. You don't get a power tough. You don't get the power boost. It does get the unblock. Uh, through space also cantrip. It does cantrip. So it gets that, but that's the bonus. And so you know it doesn't get the power power boost. It doesn't get the rebound effect, but it draws a card. 
probably the reason why other people have not played it and I don't really play it is because sometimes that plus one plus oh is the difference between you winning a game and you losing a game. Yeah. Um, just just being able to, you can go distortion strike, swing in for two or three or whatever with your creature, then hit it on the rebound so you can still hold up protection for it, protect your creature, then with the second distortion strike have another pump spell to get it through. Um, it's it's been enough for me in more games than I've decided to play the cantrip effect. It's the value of rebound plus power boost is enough. I value that personally over the cantrip ability, which is kind of which is kind of weird. Which is kind of weird because we wanted the cantrip ability off of Gataxian probe. Yeah, like for me, from an outsider looking in, like in the in the Gataxian probe meta game, where when we had probe or when everyone had probe. You could use probe, and then you would have this slip through space, which would basically be a single blue mana, put a card in your graveyard, draw a card, which helps you cast your uh, become immenses earlier. Right, and that's another fun thing. Whereas distortion strike lets you kind of divvy up your your spells, because like you could also have a turn where you just go, okay, I have my I have you know five right now, and if I draw another four pump, then I can win again. But or I can win the next turn after that, which lets you divvy up your infect damage. Whereas slip through space is kind of like, do you have ten right now? Yeah, this one like lets you go. Okay, I can just chip in for two now. Hopefully, I draw like the might of Olcrosa that'll push me through to lethal damage. Yeah, or even a ground swell if you have like a fetch land and stuff like that. But you find it, which, fun- as you mentioned last time, you were cutting, but now it's kind of back. Yeah, it was a card that was like the weakest of the pump spells because it has so it's a green uh instant that basically you get plus two plus two or a target creature gets plus two plus two until end of turn with but has landfall so if a land entered the battlefield under your control this turn it gets plus four plus four so it did somewhat of a similar effect as might of Olcrosa. might of Olcrosa is just straight better uh than groundswell is because you don't have to worry about the conditional did i have a land hit the battlefield for you to get the plus four plus four off of it um to be fair, like it was the weakest of the pump spells. So when we had Gitaxian Probe, like literally you would slot that out for basically your probes. And also when Become Immense was immensely popular, uh, it was a four of in a lot of decks. I never personally bought into the whole four of Become Immense deal just because I, due to personal variance, I always seem to draw two of them or three of them. And it was just like, I can never play all these cards. So I only usually ran two or three. Um, I think right now I'm running three. I might cut that down to two in favor of some more protection, but your guard doesn't fill as quickly. Like it's a ama- it's it's really weird, and I'm sure people can do the math on this. I would love to basically see like Frank Carson's math on this kind of stuff. The the ability to cast become immense quicker with just four cards that are free, essentially, as opposed to not having those four cards. It's probably just like just all in the all in the mind kind of thing like that. But at the same time you definitely have to shift your game because the whole point of having like i mentioned that you can look at your opponent's hand see if you can go all in on the combo we can't go all in on the combo in the blind that much anymore it's a lot harder to go all in on the blind mainly because of stuff like fatal push being around uh we need to make sure that like I've, i've played a bunch of games in the new meta and i find myself holding myself back from a turn where before i would have just been like screw it go in let's do it uh, because I would have had something like the Cataxian Probe or something like that, or I knew that this would be pre-fatal push and stuff like that, I would go in more recklessly. Uh, I definitely try to be a little bit more risk-averse. I know it's probably not the best thing to do with the deck, but me personally, I feel like I can meet out the... I can just... By running the Distortion Strikes now, I find that that helps me to alleviate my, okay, I need to go all in on the combos. Like, okay, I can chip in for a couple damage here, protect diversify go hard next turn um yeah. turn your glistener elf into a pseudo bl- uh, blighted agent is great um oh yeah so the one thing that really hasn't changed too much with the deck is the sideboard you're not going to really change your sideboard a whole lot um the the finx package that became popular lately the the three of kitchen fink the two to three of kitchen finks against like burn matchups and other heavy damage based uh decks definitely help uh, especially against the death shadow ones it can pad your life just enough to uh push you across the finish line there 
Uh, funnily enough, I saw one deck was running a couple Pulse of Morasses. Actually not a terrible card if, if you're looking to go against a mid-range kind of deck. Um, I know Death Shadow has slowed down. They're not running the combo of Team or Battle Rage that much anymore. So you could potentially just, you know, if they happen to Fatal Push away your Ink Moth Nexus, you could Pulse of Morasa it back, put it back on the battlefield, and you've just gained six life. Uh, you're not going to have any... It also seems really good against Burn. Um, just, like, six life is two spells for them. Yeah, or three if they're dealing with their two damage ones. Uh, Absolutely. But uh, Dismember's still around. Um, still the three of in the deck. Usually it's one in the main, two in the board, or two in the main, one in the board, or one in one. Uh, the Graveyard Hate's still there. If you're looking at Graph Digger's Cages and and or Relic of Progenitus. Um, I've seen some chart playing Iker Clawmere again. I haven't seen that card around in a long while. Uh, that's the two... Uh, art, it's an Artifact Mirror. It's for two mana. It's a 1-1 one, one Infect. Whenever it becomes blocked, it gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Um... Don't know why that list was necessarily playing it, but they won first in the, the oh god, I can't remember the state that it's LA. Louisiana. Oh, Louisiana. Yeah, the Louisiana TCG player states it won that one with two Icar Clomier inside. Uh funnily enough, that deck was also playing Turn Aside, which is the you might oh, yeah. you might not know what that card is, but it's a single blue mana instant counter target spell that targets a permanent you control. So, uh, recently printed in Eldritch Moon, and I think it was originally printed in Time Spiral? It was I originally think. from Scars of Mirrodin. Scars of Mirrodin. Yep. My bad. Yep, originally from Scars. So it's back, and like people were just, I, there's a one-of in the sideboard, and I'm like, that's actually kind of spicy, if you think about it. Um, especially with stuff like Fatal Push. I mean, you don't necessarily want a, a counterspell. You're more, it's, it's more of the protection-based... You don't, you don't want to spell pierce, like one of their removal spells necessarily depending on the depending on what's going on but yeah well the thing is is it's it's more of the we're looking to be get more protection based it's like protect yeah. the queen kind of strategy is really coming back um i don't mind it it's still a great deck and like i said i'm still playing it at grand prix san antonio um like we mentioned spell sky's still there twisted images are still there obviously the two of nature's claim the the standard cyborg hate for uh, affinity because you know it's it's oh, yeah. still there <laughs> it's still affinity is still a deck it's still actually one of the better decks in the format like it's still one of the top play decks um i've seen some play seal of primordium which is the one in a green enchantment that says sacrifice it destroy target artifact or enchantment i wouldn't it did play just get it. reprinted in modern masters so yeah that did um but i i don't know I've like okay, I've, so I do here, play I do, an I do play a couple spell pierce still, but other than that, like I've ditched the dispels. Of it's uh, your land base hasn't changed either. By the way, some people have switched into playing maybe two of the botanical sanctum, the uh, green blue fast lands, or the yeah fast lands. Yeah, uh, that just came out in uh, Kaladesh or Aethervolt. Yes, yeah, Kaladesh. They were in Kaladesh. Kaladesh, right? Yeah, they're in Kaladesh. So. People are like, oh my god, four of. They weren't a four of. They're a two of. <laughs> but that's kind of like, weirdly enough, one of the lists that I saw playing it was playing two of those. They cut back on a couple of their fetches. They cut back to like seven fetches, which is usually the deck plays about nine. So that's where the two came from. I'm like, ah, it. To be fair, like it actually seems like a decent um, trade off. I mean, if you're not playing four become a mints, you don't need the fetches as much. So I could see that that reasoning there. Plus, also with stuff like Death Shadow, it's the extra, you know, fetch, crack fetch, grab your land. Now it's yeah. running a more ba base seven five, so it's seven fetches and five sources to fetch. So, yeah, I don't mind it. It's pretty interesting. So, like, what are your thoughts? Like, you mentioned some thoughts from an outsider. Like, what have you thought about Infect? Like the the it's place in the meta now. I mean, Infect is still a fine deck, and I mean. Modern's a format where you should play the deck that you know, not necessarily play the flavor of the week. Cough, Seismic Swans. Um, <laughs> Saffron Olive. Oh my god, that deck. So, so uh, MTG Goldfish, uh, Saffron Olive, also known as Seth, but better known as Saffron Olive, did a, uh, he took one of the decks that uh, won TCG States, and it was 42 land treasure hunt Seismic Swans, which is a hilarious deck, and you should go watch it. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. It basically, has, as the joke so, went, it's like, uh, discard a land... Draw some cards, discard land, draw some cards. 
shoot our swans, draw some cards, shoot our swans. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you yeah. saw the mashup video, right? I did see the mashup. <laughs> we'll put video the ma- we'll put the mashup anyways. video in the link as well. <laughs> anyways, um, I mean, Infix is still a fine deck. Uh, I do like that they're bringing back Apostles Blessing because I always forget about the fact that the Apostles Blessing can go like pro artifacts, and I I always remember it because uh, I was watching a GP and I was watching the Infect versus Affinity matchup, and they went. Uh, Apostles Blessing naming artifacts kill you. Yeah. And my mind was like, oh. Yeah, that's that's the hidden mode, by the way. We're talking about Slip Through Space and Distortion Strike. It <laughs> Apostles Blessing also reads unblockable in some situations. Like, give target creature unblockability. It's amazing. People, like, never Wait. see it. And when they do, it's like, what? And I was like, yep. <laughs> that's a thing. Protection is a hell of a mechanic. Oh, man. Because they can't, like, so for those who don't know, like, with protection, the way that uh, Apostles Blessing gives it, the creatures can't target, they can't block it. Because yeah. it's, they're just, I don't know, you, you're the judge. Like, I forget the, the... So protection is, so the way to remember protection is the acronym DET, D-E-B-T. Uh, if you have protection from a, from blank, you can't be damaged by that source. You can't be enchanted or equipped by that source. Uh, you cannot be blocked by that source, and you cannot be targeted by that source. It's also a fun way to make sure that if something's being enchanted, you can make that enchantment fall off. Yes. Although, I th- doesn't Apostle's Blessing say you control? It does. It's 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 uh, not so, yeah. it's not good for uh what's it called uh boggles. Yeah, it's not good for boggles. Don't play in boggles. Also, don't try and uh, cast on your opponent's creatures. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not vines of vastwood. <laughs> it is not vines of vastwood. Uh, also, luckily for blossoming defense, they took out that loophole because blossoming defense says target creature you control. Yeah. So no no feel bads there. Well, I mean, Vines of Vestwood still or Apostle Blessing still says Vines it. works. I mean, Apostle's Blessing defense doesn't. Well, Apostle's because giving your opponent's creature hexproof doesn't do anything. Correct, but well, no, I mean, it's it's I've actually Vinesed an infect opponent when they were trying to go off. Yeah, they were trying to go off. I targeted their <laughs> creature and then had the I had the Vines and the counter spell up. So they vines nice. it, then they try to like fine, I'll still pump it anyway. I'm like counter your pump, and they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Uh, fantastic. Mm. So what about you, John? Like we mentioned, you're on Storm, and that deck, like we mentioned, it's essentially a cantrip and a Storm count for you. So I thought that Storm was effectively dead. With get, without Gataxian Probe, like, what's the next best one mana or a single blue mana cantrip that is legal and modern? Turns- and, like, I was already playing, you know, two sleight of hands because I was playing, I was trying out two Anticipates. Um, just as as extra kind of dig to help you find more cards, um, and I'm like, I can't think of anything in modern that's like blue mana draw a card, and like I'm not gonna play peak. Turn, are you kidding? Turns me? out it's a four mana card, <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, because what happened um, thanks to a bunch of people, um, but the person who I think really popularized it after the bannings is uh, Caleb Schur from the SG Tour, who is very well known for playing Storm and Legacy and Modern. Uh, and to one of the earlier um, modern opens, he brought Blue Red Storm with Gifts Ungiven. So it's a Gifts Ungiven Storm deck. Now, Gifts Ungiven is a, a hell of a magic card, and I would argue that it's probably one of the most powerful magic cards of all time. Also, it is one of the hardest magic cards to resolve. So real quick, it is three and a blue for an instant. Uh, search your library for up to four cards with different names, and re- reveal them to target opponent, and then reveal them. Target opponent chooses two of those and puts them into your graveyard, you put the other two into your hand. Now, how we've seen this card in Modern play out before is either kind of you playing this Gifts Ungiven Tron deck, where you're just gifting for, like, Karn, Ugin, Oblivion Stone, whatever. The Gifts, re- the gifts you have them have a bad The day. Gifts Reanimator decks. Or you play the Gifts Reanimator deck where you go, I'm going to get Gifts Ungiven and Iona, and then you, I'm only going to choose two cards because it says up to, and then your opponent has to put them in your graveyard. Then you untap and unbarrel, unbarrel rights Iona or Alice Norn, depending on what the matchup is. So what Gifts Given lets the Storm decks do is it has a more deterministic kill, where usually what you're going to Gifts for, and I've done a few Goldfish hands, I haven't played it in a match yet, so I'll be I'll be itching to see how well it does, is you get Desperate Ritual, Pyretic Ritual, Pass in Flames, Manamorphose. Usually. Because um, that, that's what you'll get when you're going off. So your opponent either gives you Pass in Flames and a Ritual, so then you ritual pass in flames and cast your graveyard, or they give you two rituals, put pass in flames in your graveyard, so you cast ritual ritual pass in flames from your graveyard with flashback, do it all again, 
and you don't give them a good option of what to put into your hand. It so, really only impacts what they might have as interaction so, against. So, John, tell just tell our listeners what uh, Pass and Flames does. Oh yes, Pass and Flames. Another reprint in Modern Masters is three and a red for a sorcery. All instant sorceries in your graveyard gain flashback. Their flashback cost is equal to their mana cost. And Pass and Flames has flashback for four and a red. So basically, if you cast a spell with flashback, you you cast it from your graveyard. And when, and when it goes to resolve, you exile it instead of putting it back into your graveyard. Um, some people called it when it was first previewed, which was in Innistrad, which is the original printing, that it was kind of the fixed Yawgmoth's Will, which is three, which is two and a black. You can just play all the cards from your graveyard. But if a card ever goes to your graveyard this turn, you exile it instead. Um, and it was one of the big engine cards in the old Storm decks because it lets you get extra value out of your cantrips and out of your rituals and out of all those other very powerful spells. Um, also Desperate Ritual and Pyretic Ritual they're both one in a red to make three red mana um, Desperate Ritual has Arcane which and has the ability Splice onto Arcane which was really relevant with Pyromancer Ascension where if you cast Desperate Ritual with Splice with a with a Ascension in play instead of making six red mana you make twelve which is a lot of mana um, and then Manamorphose is one and a green red hybrid instant uh, you, you get two mana of any color or of any two colors that you want so in our deck, it's usually red, red, blue, blue, or blue, red. And then you draw a card. Uh, Manamorphosis is probably secretly the most powerful card in the deck, except Gifts and Givens in the deck now. Uh, also, the deck now plays four Barals, uh, which I discounted initially, but then someone mentioned how now that there's eight ofs of this two-mana creature that gives that makes all your instant, cost, instant sorcerers cost one less, that really... Because the last time that we, or the other deck that came out of Ether Revolt is Cheerios, that now has Pure Steel Paladin and SRAM as four of, as an eight of, of cards that draw a card when you cast an equipment. Um, Baral now adds that to Storm with Goblin Electromaster and Baral. It's kind, it's so kind now of great. There's, it's kind of great. But, now there, but now there's no need for Pyromancer Ascension. There's less reliance on the cantrips. And now we have, and the deck that I'm playing right now is literally Caleb Sherry's list with seven. Uh, two mana creatures that make your instant sorceries cost one less, four gifts ungiven, and then the suite of uh, rituals and cantrips and passing flames and gifts ungivens. And what's your what's Another your what's your kill shot? Uh, it's grape shot. There's two grape shots in the main, and then now there's one empty the warrens in the main, just in case. Doesn't grape shot is still the kill? Two two mana deal one damage sorcery with storm. Doesn't hurt to have it's the still... extra payload of the empty the warrens. Yeah. Um, and ideally, we're killing with, with Grape Shot, not Empty the Warren. The extra curiosity is that now the deck plays three remands because Brawl lets you loot when you counter a spell. So now the deck has the line of Grape Shot you for like 10 or 11, uh, remand the original Grape Shot, put it into my hand, and then cast it again. So you can go off with a smaller storm count if you have Grape Shot remand. Oh man, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. That's and Reman draws a card, and then if you have a brawl in play, you loot, and it's just oh, it's just. Valuable. All right, so I know you haven't. I know you haven't played much with it. How do you feel the current gifts ritual, the brawl gifts ritual? I guess what do you call it, or the brawl gifts storm deck? Uh, how does that match up to the history of the modern storm deck? Do you think it's like actually one of it's more powerful implementations of it? Uh, the answer to that question is no, Ian, because. Previous modern versions of Storm had ri- had Rite of Flame and Seething Song. Okay, in it. the ones with okay, <laughs> the ones without those those incredibly broken cards. They also had Ponder and Preordain. Oh my God! I said without those broken cards, John. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Ponder is a fair magic. No, card. it's not. Um, so it's I don't know if it's better than the Gitaxi Pro Pyromancer Ascension builds. Um, I think that Baral would have found its way into the deck anyways, and I don't. But I, but I still think the deck would be playing four Gitaxi Probes regardless. I think that this is like a step, a like half step up from the la- from the previous decks because uh, these decks have a more consistent turn three kill than the uh, than the Pyromancer Ascension decks. Where with Pyromancer's Ascension, it's get it active and hope and pray that I can draw all the cards, get all my get and draw the right cards. Whereas in this deck, if you're going off, you feel very confident when you're going off because like if I if I gifts ungiven for the four cards that I mentioned before: Desert Ritual, Pyretic Ritual, Manamorphose, Pass and Flames. Then I cast Pass and Flames from my graveyard, or I cast it. I have a Gifts and Give it in my graveyard to go get more cards. So it's a much cleaner build. It's a much cleaner 
attempting to go off. Whereas with the old version, it's kind of hope and pray I draw the right cards. Whereas in this version, it's okay. I have the pieces to go off, so let's go ahead and let's go and go through the motions. And if you have Baral and Electromancer out, oof. Well, I always loved having double Electromancers in play, so my Passing Flames cost two mana. Yeah, but like, can you imagine but Gifts Ungiven with two mana? I I have Goldfished that before. That's, that yeah, sounds that's, that's a different. That sounds spicy. <laughs> that, you're doing that while you're going off, though. You're not. You're not going to go. You're not. Ideally, you're not going to go two mana creature that dies to bolt. Two mana creature that dies to bolt. Then I go off on turn four. But there's there's levels there. Uh, the other curiosity is because of gifts ungiven, the mana base changed slightly. Um, so I'm no longer doing the white splash I did previously, which had wear and tear as a sideboard option for stuff like ley lines, uh, specifically ley line of sanctity, also ley line of the void. Um, but now the deck is playing. Um, Two steam vents, three islands, one mountain, four uh, uh, spire bluff canals, four of the fast lands. Because unlike infect, where infect, you know, you have your becomingments, you have these delve spells that you can cast. Because all the blue delve spells are broken. Yep. Um, <laughs> you ha- you you need to play that seven to nine fetch ratio. I don't anymore. I don't have treasure cruise. I don't have dig through time. I don't need to worry about trying to fill my graveyard up. So now I have seven fetch lands and two steam vents, and, as well as the four spiral. And the worst part is if that fast land enters in turn four, turn five, as your fourth or fifth land, it's not the end of the world. No. Now, the fetches are, are interesting because I run four Scalding Tarns because they're just the best fetch in the deck. And then one Flooded Strand, one Polluted Delta, and one Misty Rainforest. Diversifying your fetches for stuff like Surgical. For Gifts Ungiven. Because gifts ungiven requires different names. Oh right! So I could you can gifts, theoretically you can gifts for, do a gift for, for lands. Scalding Tarn, Misty Rainforest, Flooded Strand, and Unbe- uh, Polluted Delta. Damn. Yeah. That's it's a okay. That's spicy. That's good. It's a, it's a sneaky. That deck. is really good. Yeah. I, I thought that was clever as well. Um, you sneaky, sneaky storm players, you. Oh yeah. Uh, the sideboard is more of the same, more of the a little, and a few new things. Uh, we play our bolts in the sideboard because we don't want to interact. If I'm interacting with you, something terrible has gone terribly, terribly wrong. Um, the deck is playing three Blood Moons now because Blood Moon is a very powerful magic card, and I will never play a deck that loses outright to Blood Moon. You can't make me. I mean... You can't make me. I've gotten host pretty hard by a turn two Blood Moon before and still won. <laughs> I mean... I do have the Free Winds red deck on, on Magic Online, which is hilarious. You're an evil person, um, dude. Oh, it's so much fun. Uh, have you ever cast a turn one Chandra Pyromaster? I have. Wait, what? Turn one Chandra Pyromaster. Oh. Mountain, Exile Simeon Spirit Guide, Ritual, Ritual, Chandra. Ban Simeon Spirit Guide. It was also <laughs> against Delver, which made it oh so much better. Oh, dude, that's not even fair, man. They can't even stick. I was on the play, They too. can't even stick through Delver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you inhuman <laughs> monster. Anyways, back to Storm. Uh, three Blood Moons are just kind of standard for your red decks because Tron is a hard deck to beat. Granted, Tron can win through a Blood Moon. It's not impossible for them to win through, but all Storm needs is a turn. A turn or two, I I guess. have seen Tron um, hard cast, like, Karn and Ulamog before. It's They, they don't like it, dis- but they do. It's disgusting. Um, also, the deck plays three Dispels now as extra protection for Gifts on Givens, basically. And then uh, Echoing Truth as an answer to Ley Lines. Uh, because that's just a very power. It's a very popular answer to to leyline leyline shenanigans. That's and then that's basically so echoing truth. What returns target permanent? It returns all non land permanent. So you return target non land permanent, and all permanents that share a name with that card to their owner's hands. Huh. So if they it's from the echoing cycle from dark. Yeah. So if they somehow if they uh, somehow manage to stick multiple leylines, they can just, you can just be like. Pfft. Get out of here. Yeah. So if they play, if they have a land that goes like a hand that goes, and here's three ley line of sanctities, I can just go bounce them. <laughs> have fun. Have fun hand. casting them off color. <laughs> or on color if you're, depending on what, what deck. I've seen, play. I know, but, I'm just saying, I've seen some decks play them off color just because they hate it. Yeah, that's weird. I, I don't get that either. Really I really don't get that. No, but uh, so. Oh, also, the deck plays uh, two more Empty the Warrens in the sideboard I'm, uh, for a diversification of threats. For the exact scenario of they side in their ley lines of the ley lines of sanctity. Yeah, I was thinking like then in decks where so grape shot can't yeah, in decks where you're like basically figuring that they're going to come straight out with where I'm going to pack all my ley lines out of here and good luck grape shotting me. You just sideboard the grape yeah. shots out. Uh, I would I in matchups where I expect ley line of sanctity, I keep one grape shot in 
an ad empty the warrens. Okay, makes sense. But that was that was in the version of the deck where I would almost always draw my library. Uh, in this version, Gifts Ungiven can get Grape Shot, which can be relevant. Um, so I could see just going down to like one Grape Shot in the main deck. Um, but I would probably have to keep all four uh, Gifts Ungivens, just so I I could I could find it when I need it to get my kill condition. Seems seems pretty fair. Yeah. So. That's Storm, basically. Um, I think that Storm is... It's, it is actually on the list of the modern metagame on MTG Goldfish. It is the line before you click see more decks in the meta. So it's probably up to tier one and a half tier... I wouldn't say it's tier one. Probably closer to tier two. Yeah, I say uh, that. But I'm excited to, uh, to try to play more Storm. To be fair, you should also mention, though, that the, the two decks surrounding it are Ab- Abzan and Dredge. <laughs> yeah. So like, Which Dredge is uh, on the out and out. Well, Dredge, all right, really Dredge is still now. a pain in the butt to play. It so, is. Like, so it is. I've been. I haven't really tested a whole lot necessarily. I'm. I'm, jam- I'm going to be jamming a lot more in the next week or two for the GP, but because I I need to finalize my uh, my deck list in terms of like what decks what cards I'm not going to be playing. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm probably going to be playing Spell Pierce and no Dispels because, like you said, you play the Spell Pier- you play Dispels and Storm. And one yeah. of my teammates is playing Storm, so the the Gift Storm deck, so which is kind of fun. I mean, I'm sure that those are almost they could almost be a one for one swap, but I'm not sure. Yeah, well, like other than that, like you're literally not playing. Oh, quick question: Are you playing the Fun Spice Mat the Madcap Platinum Imperium? No. Have you seen that? I have. I don't like it, but that's just me. <laughs> I thought it was like cheeky. It is. It is adorable. It's cheeky. It it is very very adorable. I just don't Okay, like so Matt, the Madcap Platinum Imperium thing is... So it's Madcap Experiment, which came out in Kaladesh. It's the card's like, what? what is this even card? So it's three and a red sorcery. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact card. Put that card onto the battlefield and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Madcap Experiment deals damage to you equal to the number of cards revealed this way. Platinum... But Ian, that kills right, me. Right, but Platinum Imperium is an eight-mana artifact creature golem that's an 8-8. Eight, eight. It simply says your life total can't change. Now remember, Madcap yeah, was their new take on Platinum Angel. Remember, Madcap Experiment says put that card onto the battlefield, and then the next line of text says it deals damage to you. So your Platinum Imperium is the only artifact in your deck. It gets put on the battlefield bef- right before it would deal damage to you. So mm-hmm. your life total change can't change, and now you've got a free eight eight on the battlefield. Yeah, I mean I understand why they're putting that in their sideboard. Because against Storm, you expect them to side out all their removal, and then you play, oh, hey, here's this 8-8. Can you beat an 8-8? I didn't think it's so. Re- I can see why they're doing it. Uh, I also don't own any Platinum Imperium. It's also really hard to kill an 8-8 in Modern. Terminate is, like, the best way I can think of. Path to Exile. Well, but yeah. It's not a lot. Yeah, a lot of Modern removal is geared to the smaller cards, but I just thought it was a cheeky thing I had to mention. <laughs> it, it, it is super cheeky. Super cheeky, but but so fun. So from my take on the outside looking at Storm is like it definitely had to shift gears because like you said, you thought like we we even talked about this again. Like we thought Storm was based as we knew it was dead, and it was without Cataxian probe. Storm as we knew it was done. Yeah, but never never underestimate the will of a Magic player to make their pet deck work. (laughs) Oh yeah, there's always someone. There's always someone who goes. Not today. Life finds a way. <laughs> yes. So I really enjoy the fact that, like, so we we don't really, I know we talked about, but I've seen people tweet about, too, um, the kind of artificial, there was, there was talking about an artificial uh, a diversity that existed when Gataxian Probe exi- was around. It's gotten mm-hmm. way more diverse. Like, the outside of the top, like, five decks, we're talking Death Shadow, Affinity, Ban Eldrazi, Eldrazi Tron, and Burn. No other deck, like those those decks alone have like between 8 or 9% of the meta share to like 5% of the meta share. Everything else is like 2% or 3 to 2% 3 to 2% of the meta completely spread out. Like it's definitely yeah. knocked everything down flat. There's no like 10 to 15% of the meta anymore. It's just, you mentioned it, play the deck you enjoy to play. And if a new deck pops up that you're like, hey, I want to try that deck, by all means, try the deck out. 
I'm just basically advocating for like modern is a format that will reward you when you play your deck and you know the matchups. Also, one. so like you could play your deck and you could run into the mono white devotion deck and go, well, I need a new plan to how to beat this deck. Or maybe you go to another event and you play against Merfolk and go, all right, well, against Merfolk, I guess I have to have this plan. Or you run into someone's brew where they're playing, you know, Kiki Pot or whatever, and you go, all right, well, against this deck, I'm going to have to, you know, audible my sideboard or whatever. And then if you play against Affinity, pray you have your artifact hate in your deck. Yeah. But the one thing I've also noticed, too, is the decks have kindly, kind of slightly gotten cheaper. Thanks, Modern Masters 2017, for that. Um, you know, yep. Death Shadow Aggro is essentially Jund. The, de- the Death Shadow midrange is basically a rework of Jund. So that's up like $1,300. But the Jund deck has fallen down. The rough price is now $1,500 from its about $2,000 max at one point. Tron's going to cost you about 700 bucks now, which is down. Um, Infect is 730 but that's mostly on the fact that Noble Hierarch is a stupidly expensive card again, even with a reprint, because other decks are using they it. They should have printed it in this Modern They Masters really too. should have. Like, she... Like, it's... It's shards. She needed she needed a reprint. But they didn't have... Yeah, but she would have yeah. been the only Exalted card, which would have been weird. She was the only Exalted card in Modern Masters 2015. John, just let me have this. No, but yeah, she probably should have gotten printed. <laughs> um, Burn is... as Burn is actually really good right now. Also cheaper, because Goblin Guide. Oh my god, the new Goblin Guide art. So good. Also, so happy, so happy they got reprinted. And I'm just like happy that Delver's back. Like, Delver's up there at 3% of the meta. That's being played. It's like right up there with Titan Shift and Merfolk. It's like, all right, sweet. Um, also, I lied. There were two other Exalted cards in Modern Masters 2015. Ha! One rare, which was Battle Grace Angel, and one uncommon, which was Aethercast Knight. I remember Aethercast Knight. Don't remember the other one. So the Angel is probably one of the stupidest limited cards I've ever seen because I've played with it, and it's dumb. It's three white white for a 4-4 Angel with Flying and Exalted, and whatever creature you control attacks alone against Lifelink. What the what? Yeah. Card's dumb. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, that kind of wraps up our look. So that's kind of the something old, something new. We both looked at our f- pet decks, where they are now. John, completely new deck. My deck went back in time, basically, to like, yo, let's go back to like 26, 2015 and like dig up some of our stuff from back then because the new toys don't work anymore. So yeah, I don't mind it. Like, it's a tried and true deck. You have a spicy new twist on your old classic i'm excited to go through the mental gymnastics of figuring out if i can go off oh yeah because you got to relearn that now don't you i've done a few goldfish hands and it is a little bit more deterministic but it still requires making sure that you know what play keepable hands are because in old storm with cataxian probe i would keep zero land hands with cataxian probe yeah that definitely doesn't happen anymore <laughs> no it does not happen anymore no f- also, I'm playing like slightly more lands. No free, can- no free so, cantrips. No free cantrips. Ton Stoffel. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. But rest in peace, Kataxi <laughs> Pro. Anyways, <laughs> good night, sweet. To legacy. Good night, sweet prince. <laughs> yes, to legacy. Ha. We'll see, see you but, in Vegas. <laughs> yes, see you in Vegas. So, again, that's gonna do it for us. I think that uh, this episode went really well, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, you'll be back for next week. We'll see. Though I'm hoping to be back. We'll see. It's whatever. Yeah. We'll see. But, Ian, if people wanted to find you on these social medias, where would they do that? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. And you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix, just D-I-X. John and I are going to try and get a stream of Modern Masters 2017 in. Don't know when. We'll figure it out. Yeah, you know, travel. You're traveling. You're you're traveling. I'm traveling. I just want to draft the format (laughs) at least once because it looks it's it looks fun. Um, And yeah, so and don't hesitate to take don't hesitate to take money cards, kids. Oh no, like take money. Yeah, like actually, this is one time where I would advocate just just money draft (laughs) sometimes. Yeah, unless you're like playing in a high level event, just just take the cards that are worth money. Pay pay for your draft. Have fun. Make some make some money. Trade it if you want. Mm Hmm. Danny and John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129, and I am on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me around, do not hesitate to uh, chime in and say hi. Uh, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so on Twitter at eyesonthemise. You can also shoot us an email at eyesonthemise at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback and how we can best improve the podcast for you, our listeners. Um, in any case, that's been Ian. 
I'm John. I'll see you all at GP Orlando this weekend, and Ian will see you all next weekend at GP San Antonio. Word. That's been us. Talk to you next time, guys. Mm-hmm.